a phone call or FaceTime is going to build that trust and before you guys actually meet. So it's going to make her feel a little more comfortable and safe to meet meet with you uh, rather than, you know, just... What the f*** is we doing? Good morning, everybody. It's a new week. Um, yeah, also a new format. Uh, welcome back to Shots of Info. This is Michael. Um, yeah, uh, just a quick disclaimer. This is just conversation between me and Randy, so don't take anything here as you know as a professional advice and take what resonates with you and leave the rest and don't take everything at heart all right so let's get started sweet all right welcome back everybody um so in terms of what we have for topics on the day on the personal development actually actually we changed that and i forgot it's foundations now right yep. mm-hmm. so on the foundation section, we have, is texting someone you like too much a bad thing? On the fitness, we have hard skills versus soft, soft skills as, person, as a personal trainer. And on the finance, we have how many stocks should you day trade at a time? And then news updates at the end there. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that covers it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you start off and see what you think. So what do you think about texting someone you like too much? Okay, yeah. Um, so as you're getting to know, you definitely want to know the person in person <laughs> or that you're, that you're talking to, like, you know, front to front, because, you know, that's going to build the trust and you can start building that sexual tension between you two as well. Whereas if you're texting, like, so often and all the time, it's going to get, uh, when you meet in person, you're not going to, you're going to, you're not going to have as much to talk about and to get to know about each other during that, that like you know like the personal interaction so yeah I, w- I would say it's is bad but at the same time you don't don't you don't don't want to text her you know what i mean so text her at a decent amount like maybe just checking once or twice a day until like you actually meet up in person the the whole goal of texting a girl is to take her on a date or you know usually in the guy's perspective is usually to 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 get her on a date whereas for right. girls it might be a little bit different um i don't know <laughs> no i would say it'd be the same thing right right yeah so that so texting is pretty much just a bridge for you to take her on a date and just make plans but getting to know her um like learning about her should be done uh during the actual interaction so you know be be limited the amount of texting that you do and also that when you text her uh, if you like this girl, don't be an asshole. Don't dry text because dry texting is definitely going to push her away. And you do want to be a little bit, uh, put a little bit of effort on the texting as well. Like every text that you send her should be a little bit like, you know, funny, interesting to keep her engaged. Else she's going to lose interest. And therefore, you know, the, the date, it's never going to happen. Gotcha. But yeah, that's my opinion on that. All right, what do you think about uh, using too many emojis? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, emojis are fun. They're fun. I use them. So too too many of them can get annoying. But like what are you in every single text with an emoji? Oh, no. Do you do that? No, no, no. Not like that. Usually, for example, sometimes instead of typing LOL, because sometimes LOL can come up a little bit, a little bit dry, I send mm-hmm. her a like a laughing emoji. Or, oh, you know which ones I've I seen that uh, gets more reactions is the gift, the GIF. Mm-hmm. 
Those are those are better than emojis. So I would definitely okay. recommend you using GIFs instead of emojis. But no, definitely try that by not using as many emojis on every single time that you text. Should be limited. Right, right, right. All right. So yeah, like one of the things that I find with texting is that sometimes it can come across not the way you want it to come across, right? Sometimes it can be misinterpreted. Like, you know, you're trying to say something funny and then all of a sudden the way it was worded and the way she perceives it or they perceive it, right? Because it's a guy. It's not what you want. And instead of of them taking it as something that was funny or supposed to be sarcastic, it ends up being something that maybe like offends them more or something that, you know, they find annoying. And, you know, like you were saying there, right? So now we have things like emojis or sometimes you can soften uh, like a, maybe a joke that might not come across as a joke with like LOLs or ha-has or whatever before or after the text or the gifts. That's also another one, right? So that helps kind of, you know, convey more of what that text was supposed to be, what, what kind of emotions it was supposed to elicit. But at the end of the day, reading can just be pretty boring and mundane and if done incorrectly it can potentially just kind of ruin a potential relationship that you could have had with this person because they took it the wrong way right um so i would definitely say that one of the things you want to do is limit the texting that you do with somebody whether this be somebody that you just got to know for the first time right maybe you met them at, at an event at a party at a class you don't know them that well this is like your first or second time interacting with them or even somebody that you've known for a while. Maybe you've been dating this person for a while, whatever the case might be. Um, you kind of want to limit these things because one, you're going to run out of topics because if you start asking them like everything, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, especially like starting off from the very beginning, like, Hey, Hey, how are you today? Right? Like the most basic and mundane text, And then you continue that until you get into a full like paragraph discussion about, like what your likes and dislikes are and like, what do you think about this, that, and the third, you could be talking about this in person and, Mm -hmm. you know, you can be engaging with them a lot more and more to the point. If this is somebody that, you know, you have an attraction to this and within the situation, you can obviously, you know, maybe escalate the situation if you see an opportunity there and, you know, get to where it is that you want this relationship to go as opposed to you kind of just being in limbo texting all the time, chatting, and hoping that maybe something will come of it. Um, In terms of just answering the question in itself, is texting someone you like too much a bad thing? I'd say definitely. You definitely just want to have that communication in person. Or the next best best thing that you can do nowadays is like a FaceTime, right? Mm -hmm. That way you guys can, you know, get better reactions or see what you actually mean when you're saying these things or she can see your face when you're saying these things as opposed to just being, again, like a, a wall of text that can be pretty boring. Right. You brought something that it's very, very, um, has become very, very useful nowadays, which is FaceTime. If you have an iPhone or even a mm-hmm. phone call, it gets a little bit more personal, especially if you're just getting to know this person, you want to build the trust. And before meeting, and nowadays, you know, with this crazy world, something scares are going to be scared to meet a stranger, right? especially if you haven't met them before. So um, a phone call or FaceTime is going to build that trust and before you guys actually meet. So it's going to make her feel a little more comfortable and safe to meet meet with you uh, rather than, you know, just um, 
just like ignore you completely and uh, dub, dub your text or just ghost you. And maybe that could have been, you know, maybe you guys were, are, you could have built a beautiful relationship, but just because you didn't know how to text the girl or just use the tools available at your hand properly, you lost the chance with her. No? So um, yep. definitely use it appropriately and definitely do a call or a FaceTime before you actually meet with her on a date. So just so she feels a little more comfortable. And yeah. Me too, right? Because you never know. Maybe this is a catfish. Oh, yeah. You think that she's, she Absolutely. looks like this and she ends up looking like something totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say sense. one last point to add, though, is, um, mm-hmm. again, with all of these things, you want to limit it. Because, again, the whole point is to try to get to in-person, an mm-hmm. in-person, you know, in-real-life situation. So you, these FaceTime calls shouldn't be lasting you, like, half an hour, an hour, two hours. Because, you know, you, you want to get to know her, so you're asking her all the questions you would ask her in person. Again, that should be limited, brief, but you should at least be able to convey everything that you want so that, you know, you can facilitate you guys meeting up in person. Because, again, if you see this being something that you want to push it further, then the only way that's going to happen is for, is for you guys to actually meet up and talk. So. Yeah, actually, one thing that kind of came to mind when we talk about, like, FaceTime is that uh, back in high school, I used to stay up with a girl, like talking to my girl until like four or five in the morning. And I don't know how I will be doing that nowadays because my usual bedtime is like 11 on weekdays and like mm-hmm. a little bit later on weekends. But I cannot longer be up, staying up until like four or five in the morning. That's usually the time I'm already like waking up. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it just it just came to my head randomly, as, you know, it's something that you look back and something that you used to do well I used to do a lot and I used to I don't know how I used to manage that I was very young so I guess it didn't affect yeah. much that energy you had a lot moments. of energy and shit yeah That's cool and hormones right <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and now it's funny too because like I would see the girl on the next day at the school mm-hmm. you know what I mean now, in, wait in situations like that did you guys like have a lot to talk about in person or did you talk usually mostly on the phone Oh, it was it was mostly on the phone and on when on person we just you know like made out yeah <laughs> you're, you're a couple of shit Not personal <laughs> got it got it, got it. there wasn't much talking on person so Fair yeah enough. I mean it, that was just young times I feel like a lot of young love you know what I'm saying yeah man those those old crazy times but yeah mm-hmm. no like once again we are adults now well I'm on young adults yeah. really We're, we haven't changed that much honestly. <laughs> so you know we we learning because now also like the girls they're not gonna have that time to to spend on the phone like that right everybody has their own shit going on and you know like just keep limited and at the same time don't make it a priority i guess so if mm-hmm. you're busy you receive a text you're not able to respond if she's uh the right girl she's gonna understand it because you you're busy you can understand you know you can share You're on your purpose. Right. And another thing that we talked before is that don't fake the, the, that you're busy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get a chance to reply, reply. Because if you're interested, you are going to reply eventually. Because, you know, it all comes down to like who you are. And you don't want to start. The more the genuine, the better. Exactly. You don't want to start the relationship not uh, being honest about it. So, like, as we mentioned, also, like, going on a date, you got to do things that you actually enjoy doing and not do uh, or go somewhere that 
just because she likes doing that. I mean, sometimes I feel like getting out of your comfort zone might be good and she can help you getting out, get you out from the comfort zone. So depends on how it is, depending on mm-hmm. how you see it, I guess. For sure. For yeah. sure. All right. All right. So I think we answered the question and a little bit more, mm-hmm. but let's move on to fitness, uh, hard skills and soft skills as a personal trainer. Sweet. All right. So now we're jumping a little bit more into, you know, actually being a trainer and developing that concept or idea a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Just in case if you ever have, like, if you ever decide to take a personal trainer, like you ever decide to hire a personal trainer for yourself or you want to become a personal trainer, uh, kind of giving you some ideas as to how that would look and stuff. So hard skills versus soft skills. So I would say that this pro- this basically applies to most jobs or most professions. There are the technical skills and then there are like the softer skills, like your ability to communicate, mm-hmm. your leadership abilities, your ability to present and organize ideas in a really concise way so that people can, you know, digest it or it's consumable to people. It's not just all this information and you don't organize it. So people kind of just have to take it for what it is. Um, so obviously with fitness, there's, there's a lot of technical aspects to it, right? Uh, when you're exercising, you got to make sure you're performing proper technique, making sure your uh, form is proper, is good. And, you know, making sure that you understand how to manage your body relative to whatever the exercises you're doing. Because I can't be telling somebody to do pull-ups if they can't even do push-ups. So as a, like as a hard skill, as me being able to be a good trainer, if I see that and I try to force that on them, I'm not really being a good trainer and I'm not adjusting to where they are, right? I'm not going to their level. Instead, I want them to come to my level, which they're probably not prepared for. Actually, I'll give you an example for today. So... Usually every start of the month, I have my clients, or at least once a month, but usually at the beginning of the month, I have them do a fitness test. And we've talked about this in the past, right? How to set one up for yourself. So this client, she's a female. She was on the treadmill doing her one-mile run. And usually the way I have her go about it is we warm up for about two minutes, two to three minutes on a decent little speed just to get the blood circulating. And then after that, I have her start running at whatever pace she can manage. So usually within a speed of three to six on the treadmill, which ranges from, you know, a light walk or like a little bit of a faster paced walk to actually just jogging, jogging pretty quickly. So she went immediately to the highest level. And, you know, before that point, she really didn't do that that often. Um, she usually struggles with cardio because it's not something that she's good at. Mm-hmm. But, you know, new year, I guess she was feeling pretty good. She wanted to really tackle this year and really get after it. So, you know, I leave that space for them to kind of test their limits. So three to six. If they want to start off at six right off the rip, not a problem. That's on you. So she did that for like five minutes. And then she pulled back because she couldn't maintain that pace. It was too intense. So that goes to, you know, understanding the hard uh the technical skills of like your physical ability. You can't push yourself if you don't know. Well, you can, you you have to push yourself, but if you push yourself too far, too quickly, when your body's not capable of it, that's where you're going to quickly break down. And when it ended up, when we finished, she couldn't finish the mile run simply because she blew herself out. She was completely burned out. She was lightheaded. Had to have her sit on the floor 
And she really couldn't just continue the work there because she pushed herself way too hard. So in terms of that, you know, as a personal trainer, it's my job to make sure that in terms of understanding the hard skills, those technical skills, you got to be able to tell them like, listen, you pushed yourself way too far and you, you try to do too much too fast. And that's what ended up happening. And then that immediately goes off to the other side, to the soft skills, my ability, my ability to communicate that to them. You know, it, it's on me to tell them like, listen, it's not necessarily that you failed. You're not a loser for not being able to run this mile within this period of time or within this pace. It just so happens that you came in here with the right mentality, but your body wasn't prepared. All that matters is that your, your mental state, your, your, your mental fortitude and ability is there. Because if you can keep that, then all you have to do is give your body time to adjust, right? And then at some point, your physical ability and your mental fortitude will kind of match up. And then you'll be able to complete whatever this goal is or whatever the task is without any issues. But again, the key factor there is time and communication. If I'm not able to com communicate that properly, then to her, all she ended up doing was failing. She failed a task that I gave her. And then everybody loses, right? I suck as a trainer because she didn't reach that metric. And, you know, as a client, she feels shitty for letting me down and letting herself down. And again, at the end of the day, you want people to actually feel good about what they're doing. Not, you know, oh, you failed and you suck and you're a loser. So then I'll throw it right to the end of the workout. After mm -hmm. we were finishing up, we end up doing some leg presses. And for some reason... She has an aptitude to just having really good strength. So we get on the leg press and we end off her being able to complete a thing like 10 sets. And we got all the way up to 365 pounds in the leg press, which I mean, like from your reaction there, most guys can't do that. Yes, yeah, honestly. Right. I don't and think I'm able to do that yet. I think you could, but it's, it wouldn't be yeah. that easy. Well, I've been off for a while now, so I need to right. start slower. Yeah. But yeah, she like she completely dominates the leg press. Like her build, her mental, her strength, her physical strength, her raw strength. Mm -hmm. She has a genetic predisposition to having a lot of strength in her legs. So, you know, I'm telling her, listen, you know, everybody has their strength and weaknesses, and one of your weaknesses is your cardio. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that you know that just speaks to the fact that one, you're not training cardio that often, and two, you might not have the greatest genetics when it comes to your cardiovascular output. But look on the bright side. Your strength is there. And, you know, if we just focus on, you know, kind of balancing out your weaknesses and developing your strengths a little bit better, you'll be in a perfect spot. Because at the end of the, at the end of the, at the end of the day, her goal is just to be balanced out. She wants to have just good health, which should be the goal for everybody. She just wants to be healthy and fit. And she's in a perfect position to do that if she just continues doing what she's doing with a little bit of guidance from me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so in terms of, again, hard skills versus or technical skills or hard skills versus soft skills, always have to have a good balance of that. Yeah, I think they're going overlapped at some point. And this is not just related to personal trainer. I know for a personal trainer, it has to be some technical skills and soft skills, like, um, what is it, like specific for to be a personal trainer, like a great personal trainer. But they can transfer later on in other careers also. Like you need this in order to be a good um good at whatever 
career, um, profession or whatever career it, it is, right? Because like, for example, mine, as a computer science, I need my technical skills as well. Developing those soft skills is as crucial as the technical skills. Uh, technical skills. Technical skills. So they are going to overlap because you need those. You need to balance them well so you can, they can work together because they are going to work together later on in life. And I feel like okay. you. Oh, but yeah. So being able to balance it off should be as important to, in order to be great and improve as whatever you're choosing to do. In this case, it will be a personal trainer. But yeah, I, I know like um, with time, you start developing these technical skills and depending on the people that you see or that you train, you're going to start learning what works and what doesn't work as well, right? Whereas I feel like mm -hmm. soft skills, they, most of the time, they're going to be consistent of what, uh, what is more very important, like, you know, communication, uh, patient, uh, be, being able to, you know, kind of communicate how uh, well that's communication, being able to like, you know, how to deal with people. So that's usually for every industry, whatever it is, it's going to be consistent. Whereas mm -hmm. the technical skills they're going to vary for you and you're going to start developing uh, better uh, skills and, you know, improving yourself as you deal with more different variety of people as well. Right. One other thing that I would like to just put there is, um, so, you know, like think about the difference between a good teacher and a bad teacher. Mm -hmm. I would say that on a like base foundation, on a fundamental level, they probably have the same technical skill. But the thing that differentiates them is their ability to communicate, their soft skills, right. their mm -hmm. ability to teach you well, right? Like, you know the difference when you're being taught by somebody that is a good teacher and like a good presenter that can organize the ideas and the thoughts in a really concise and digestible way where you like look at the information, you're like, I get this, no problem. Versus somebody that, you know, like they're smart, but they can't communicate. They can't talk well. They, it, everything comes out as just like words. It's like a word vomit. And you're just like, okay, I understand that you know what you're, you know that you know what you're talking about. But I don't know. And you're trying to teach me this, whatever this topic is, and you suck at it. And that's just going to make it even harder for me to learn because I, the concept itself is difficult to learn. And on top of that, you're making it even harder because I don't understand what you're saying. So, you know, and also one of the other things is like you can learn more on the technical level by being able to teach other people. You kind of reinforce those ideas and those concepts that you already know. And the better you at, are at teaching other people that, the better you become at those technical skills. So in theory, if you don't become good at soft skills, then you won't be able to develop your technical skills as much. So, Absolutely agree with you with that. And we can actually cover this on, on, a, on, a, like on, on a specific topic regarding mm -hmm. the dangers of not improving on your soft skills, because that's something that in my career, it's not as a lot. Uh, especially, yeah, yeah. you know, when, when you, you being on my major, it's something that you see a lot. But uh, let's move on to the last topic of the day, which is on finance. How many stocks should you trade a day at a time? Uh, I, I can go first because mine is very short and simple because I'm mm -hmm. not a trader. But uh, I, I just play around with two. So either it's right now, it's either JNOG or JDST, which are the inverse of each other, or I would check oiled. Um, ah, I forgot their names, 
but UWT and DWT. There you go, that one. And also the market. So that will be uh, TQQ, wait, TQQ or SQQ. So usually I'm looking at this. Now, my portfolio for trading is cash uh, portfolio. So that means that my trading, um, my trading is limited. So the month, the cash that I have available is the money that I'm able to trade. So usually it limits the amount of stocks I want to trade because also, I mean, uh, the only danger that I don't have is that I'm not going to get, um, uh, what is PDT. it? Pattern, yeah, PDT, PDT, pattern day trader. So that's the only advantage of a cash account. But in order for you to um, trade a lot of stocks on a day or have multiple day trades, you need a uh, big capital. So like over, 20, we're talking about like 25 to 50K in order to see profitable, like profit profits, you know. But in my case, uh, I'm not trading with such big amounts. So I'm mm -hmm. just dealing with um, like the inverse of each other and then trading on swing, swing trading, each of them. So um, day trading, I probably just do one day trade and then try to catch the other one and just plan my day ahead of that. Uh, this year, I'm definitely focusing more. I'm putting a little bit more money on my day trade portfolio. So we'll see how that goes. But I would recommend... Have just, a party over there, man. Yeah, sorry about the background. My sisters are in the back. But yeah. Hold on. All right. You can go now. All right. Sweet. So yeah. Um, so again, like the way you go about it is trading inverse, uh, inverses of each other based off those commodities, right? Um, so for me, that's, that's the approach that I took for a long time. And, you know, I, it kind of just didn't work out for me as well as I thought it would, which not to say that's a bad thing to each their own, you know, you find your strengths and your weaknesses and that's not really one of my strengths. So what is one of my strengths is being able to find good stocks that kind of have catalysts upcoming. So for a long time there, you know, I was trading Neo and Tesla. And the reason for that is because these guys have events, they have news, they have things going on in the company or upcoming things in the company. And again, the stock market is really just based off predictions and forecasting the future, not necessarily what's happening right now in this moment. So when that's the case, all you have to do is really just trade the news. So if things are projected to do well, then you trade with it. And if things are projected to do bad, well, you can either trade against it or you trade something else. So on a daily basis, I'm usually only trading one to two stocks. I'm usually finding the best value. Um, so either things that drop off a lot or things that have a good potential to run a lot. So usually that's anywhere from about five to 10, 20% within a day. And again, I want to make sure that I'm being really diligent not to overtrade as well, because you know sometimes what ends up happening is that hypothetically, say so you set a goal for yourself. For me, that's a, making anywhere from about a hundred, five hundred dollars a day on you know any given trade. Hypothetically, let's say I hit that goal, and then I continue trading because I'm trying to make more money. What ends up happening there is that I end up losing my profits, and even more so, I can end up losing some capital on top of that, simply because I wanted to do too much. So you have to be really diligent to not overdo it. You gotta have, give yourself some sort of, I wouldn't say ceiling, but you gotta give yourself some sort of structure. Because the, the biggest problem with the market is that it's up to you 
especially like, you know, you're going about trading, it's on you. You have to understand your limitations. You have to understand. You have to be the student and the teacher simultaneously. And if you can't do that for yourself, then that's where you're going to start experiencing some ridiculous red days where your account goes down 20, 30, 40% in a day because you can't really manage your emotions that well. You don't plan anything out. You're kind of just going with the wind. If something pulls back, you sell everything and that's where you lose your money. And then you come back like a week later and the stock has not only bounced back, but it doubled from where you sold. In the moments like that, that's what, that's what becomes really disheartening. So you have to be really diligent about having good trading strategies, good risk management, good plans, and sticking to them no matter what. Right. And I think that's the major of the big dangers of trading too many stocks at once or like in a day is that you might be winning on one that you put a lot of work on and that, you know, give you a decent amount of return. Whereas in the other hand, you are losing money. So at the end of the day, you didn't make any profit because you lost money in one and you made some money in the other one. Or you can even lose mm -hmm. your capital, like you mentioned before. So mm -hmm. I feel like putting your energy just in one specific stock that you believe is going to do good and just spend the next couple hours or whatever time that you set for trading, doing the research and seeing when will be the best time to buy and when will be the best time to sell or how high it's going to you know, reach on that day. Um, and that should be like where your energy should be going most of the time when you're trading, especially just looking for resources, looking, especially if you're trading news, that's when, where you want to like be reading articles, seeing what contracts are happening with the company that you're focusing on and seeing future potentials that you can trade the next day. Whereas like for me, I usually go with the charts. Um, so if I see that gold increase a certain percentage, I think I, 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 I tell myself, I'm like, this is how much it can go at this moment on this economy. And I look at the chart, uh, analyze it, and then I make my decision to put my money against gold, which will be JDST. 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 Yeah. So, so that's how I trade, how I've been, um, I've been doing it. In, just for me to like keep kind of like, uh, you know, building the habit of trading, putting more time on it. But definitely, ultimately, what I, I will start doing on this New Year's is what Rent is doing, which is day trading. Um, so, so, so yeah, that's pretty much it. That like the, the plan for this for this year. Yep, same. My plan is just continue doing what I'm doing, and maybe expand a little bit more. So I'm going to be trying three different things now. I'm going to have a night a portfolio uh, kind of stock investment thing going on, a swing trading growth challenge and then my daily uh day trading portfolio and then you know just kind of playing around see what works best for me because again a lot of this is just kind of experimenting seeing what works again like i told before i've like i've tried a bunch of different styles when it comes to day trading right so i've done you know just trading the commodities the inverses and you know the ones that go with the, the actual commodity i've tried trading multiple stocks simultaneously. So hypothetically, you put $1,000 into five different stocks and, you know, you tried to, you know, have more winners and losers, try to double the winnings and minimize the losses. And obviously, the more things that you're in, the harder it's going to be to manage. Uh, but one of the things that ends up happening, being a little bit true with the stock market is that it is a numbers game. So as many times as, you know, you can predict something to be right, 
sometimes it's not going to be right. Absolutely. And one thing also, like if you are starting to trade, you shouldn't just focus on your investment portfolio because you should ultimately have both portfolios, one that you where you can trade and one that you can invest for the long term. And mm-hmm. paying close attention to your investment portfolio can help you grow and, you know, uh, see what's working and what's not working every every week or every month. I, I suggest like every every week to check on your portfolio. That, that's something that I didn't do last year. And I was analyzing my charts, analyzing my trades uh, on my investment portfolio. And I see that I was kind of like um, how you said that, but I'm losing my focus on there. So I was thinking long-term, long-term, long-term. I don't have to t- check on it frequently. Yes, you don't have to check frequently if you put the money on the right uh, chips, but you do want to uh, keep seeing how diverse it is and what is happening with the news as well. Because sometimes you can be losing money where you don't, need to or have to necessarily you know what i mean but yeah all right i think that covers it unless you have something Mm -hmm. else to add up no that's it just um like you were saying like if you're going to do a little bit of a long-term uh portfolio uh look at those stocks and see which ones are performing the best i would say even like you know every couple of weeks maybe even within like every week to three months you can do a little analysis see how Mm -hmm. everything's performing if you decide to maybe start doing a little bit of a trading portfolio or a trading, you know, account, then you can take it from that portfolio that you have, right? Look at the best stocks, which stocks are performing the best. And then you can take a couple of those, maneuver that over to your trading uh, account in terms of like stocks you're willing to trade and then just take it from there. All right. Very good. All right. So some news for that day or for the week. Uh, well, there's, um, I was looking at this post by the by Political, which is a news resource. There's a record number of women on um, Congress. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good uh, diversity that we, you know, that that it's happening now. And it's really good because we really get in, into like um, diverse, I would say like, you know, more, more different perspectives and something that this country needed the most. So we have more women server serving also in the house uh, historically. In latest news of the day, um, well Sunday, was that Pelosi was elected as the speakers, um, as the speaker of the house, despite the narrow majority. All right. So that's that. Then we also have Bitcoin reaching to 30k in the past days during the weekend. So. It's already what? Today is the moment that we're recording it is January 3rd. So at this point, Bitcoin is already 13% up on the year. You know how mm. crazy is that? So three days in and it's already 13% days on. So we will see what is going to happen with Bitcoin. We talked about that yesterday a little bit more. Um, good. Now that's that. The stimulus checks went on on New Year's. If you had a deposit, like, you know, direct deposit, you'll probably... Uh, got it already and mm-hmm. if you didn't you should be getting it in the next uh, coming weeks <clears throat> employment employment rate uh, employment rates are going to be announced tomorrow so that, I mean Monday today so we're definitely gonna take a look on that and see what happened you know see increase decrease what is going on and especially with this new stimulus bill where you are getting uh, three hundred dollars for employment extra all right other than that, actually, my bad. Let me correct that. Um, that jobless jobless claims, so the unemployment rate, is going to be on January 
7th, uh, that the seven unemployment rate is going to be on January 8th. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And then Sweet. we have a new earnings report this week, but they're not major companies. You can look them up. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so for my, pers- uh, for my end, not really much is happening as of yet. Um, I mean, you already kind of fucked up. You said that we were recording this on the 3rd, and then you right. said it was yeah. Monday. So technically, this is Sunday night into Monday morning mm-hmm. that we're recording this. Um, so, you know, going into the week, we're kind of just, you know, forecasting what's potentially going to happen starting tomorrow. Um, news you were saying Bitcoin surpassed 30K. It, it highs, I think it touched 35K. I'm not 100% sure, but we were uh, super close to 35. It should be. Um, no, it didn't pass 35. Okay, so it almost touched 35, 45. which is absolutely crazy, right? Because a couple, literally... What the first of January, where we were under 30k, mm-hmm. and it was kind of struggling. So maybe that was going to be a ceiling, but then immediately it kind of just broke it, and now we're pushing higher and higher. So you know, a potential where you know people are saying that Bitcoin's going to hit 50k, uh, mm-hmm. 100k, 400k. I saw some predictions. You know, yeah, I'm not right sure if that's going to be a possibility. But it might not be anytime soon, but it might be like in the next decade or 20 years from now two decades like that eventually we'll reach 100k and we mentioned yesterday that well not yesterday last week on friday that it's uh because it's a limited resource and a lot of economies in the world are looking for an alternative other than gold or other than you know the paper currency that we have at the moment Right. We're moving into a um virtual world so it makes a little bit yes sir man all, all, that, right. it's all that convenience from the internet. Yeah, not just the internet. It's just like new technologies um, yep. and all that. But yeah, so right. let's cut it off right here. Uh, really mm-hmm. great to have you guys. It's a new week. We're starting a strong for this year. So let's get this energy going. Peace right. out, my end. Peace out. Take care. We shall talk tomorrow. Yeah, have a that? great week, everybody. <laughs>